0: And today, we're going to talk about how God gives us his peace for our storms. How he gives us his peace for our storms. How many of y'all have ever gone through a storm in life? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Kelly and I have gone through several of those. I remember one season in particular. This is years ago. um, It it got really rough for us, man. Sometimes life can just beat you up. I mean, it can just beat you up, and it's merciless. At times, I know that's a great way to get everybody up and excited about a message, isn't it? So, but, uh, but I remember I, you know, the, the economy was kind of getting weird. Y'all remember years ago when the economy was just really unpredictable and really bad. And, and I was, I owned a business um, and the business just started tanking. Um, it followed suit with the economy and uh, you no know, fault of my own or anything, man, just contracts just started going away. And work started going away, and money started getting tight. You're better through those seasons where money gets tight. You know what I'm talking about? You've got to stretch a, a dime into a dollar. So we're going through a, a real tough financial season, and then uh, we ended up I ended up having to fold a huge section of my business. We ended up losing our house at the time. And we ended up having to move. And it, it was just an incredibly difficult season in our lives, man. And and I remember having to take work out of state during that season and go work in, in you know, Alabama, Tennessee, different states like that, just to get enough work to pay the bills. So I was away from my family for extended periods of time, and it just was not fun at all. And um, it's funny how when you go through tough seasons sometimes, Like, you expect support from people, but sometimes you don't get the support that you're expecting to get from people. And I don't think it should be that way. But I started taking a lot of criticism during that season, too, because I was having to be on the road so much. uh, I wasn't able to be available to do things in the church that I would normally do because I'm out of state trying to keep food on the table for the family. And here comes criticism. Well, you're not here. You don't do this. You're not doing this anymore. Dude, I'm, I'm... out of state trying to make stuff happen. You gotta give me a little flexibility here, people. And but it wasn't coming. So it was a really rough season, financial pressure, losing the house, having to start all over again, losing the business and 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 getting, you know, criticized from people and having to weather that storm and and go through all of that. And and I remember it felt like we were just starting to get traction again in life. And we're starting to get a little more business and we had found a house that was okay for us to live in. At the time, and uh, I remember when Kelly came in, she had this this twinkle in her eye, and, and husbands, you know, that, that's usually uh, going to cost you money somehow, some way. Uh, but she came in, uh, and she had this twinkle in her eye, and she said, hey, look at this little thing right here. And we found out that we were pregnant that day, and I was like, oh, wow, finally, we've made this turn. Business is picking up. We we're, we're in this house now. It's like a fresh start over point for us in our lives. And now she's pregnant. So we're expanding the family. And that's great. And I remember how excited we were. And we were doing the doctor's visits, you know, and, and going in and doing the little ultrasound things. And there's the baby this, and there's the baby that, you know. And, and it, was, it was so much fun to go through that. And as a dad, I'm like, finally, finally, I'm going to get my boy. I'm going to get my boy. And it's going to be awesome. And I remember uh, coming in from work to meet Kelly for the doctor's appointment, and walked into the room and she was already in there, and you know the, the nurse was coming in, getting ready to do the the um, I guess one of the last ultrasounds, and uh, I remember looking in the nurse's face, and she wouldn't make eye contact with me. Thought, oh, that's odd. And I can usually read people really well. And her body language was off. And so I just said, what's wrong? And she wouldn't look at me. And where's the heartbeat? And she just started crying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I hate this part of my job. I can't. I can't. And she just out the door and left us in there. And we knew what was going on. And I remember... Waiting for another doctor to come in. And I just started praying over my wife and over our unborn child. God, if there's any way, Lord, breathe life back into this child. Lord, if there's any way for you to do what I've seen you do so many times, Lord, Lord, breathe life back into this. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Doctor came in, ran more tests, no heartbeat. There's a definition, the word crisis, and it's a good working definition. Crisis is when you're overwhelmed by negative events, situations, or circumstances causing you to feel helpless or hopeless. And that's where I was that day. And in my mind, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. We have just gone through hell on earth. And we finally got our feet back under us right now, and now you're going to let something like this happen in our lives. It was a crisis. It was absolutely a storm in our lives. You know, when we go through times like that, we start asking questions. I don't know if you do, but I do. The first is like, why? Why? Us, because it's one thing when other people go through storms, and you're praying for your friends that are going through things, and, and you're you're trying to walk through seasons of life with your friends, but you're not really going through it. They're carrying all the weight, but you're. But when it happens to you, it's a completely different thing, isn't it? It's a completely different thing, and. I I just couldn't believe it. Lord, I have seen, I have prayed for people, and I've watched you heal broken bones when I pray for people. I pray for people, and I've watched tumors disappear there on one x-ray, gone on the other. Doctors can't figure out how it happened, but we know God healed because he's a a miracle-working God. I pray for people that was sick, and I've seen you heal the sick. Why can't you heal and bring back my child? Why not for me? Why for all of those people, but why not for me? And You go through seasons like that. Man, why? 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 Why did I have to lose the job? Yes. Why, why, why did my husband have to leave? Why, why did my wife have to leave? Why is my kid, I'm serving the Lord, I'm doing what God has called me to do. Why is my kid determined to be rebellious and want nothing to do? With God, the storms that we go through in life. Why did the drunk driver hit my loved one? Why did the accident have to happen? You know? If we're not careful, we'll go through these seasons of life and we'll forget the words of Jesus in the book of John. In John 16:33, Jesus told us. That we were going to face issues like this, and we were going to face times like this, and we were going to go through things that we didn't understand. He says, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world Two things in here that stick out to me. One, in this world we are going to have trouble. And one of the things I appreciate about Jesus is just how upfront he is. He didn't hold anything back and he told us, hey, this world's messed up. You're going to have trouble in this world. There are going to be seasons that you're going to walk through that aren't going to make sense. It's just going to happen. There's going to be trouble there. But there's another thing that we read in this verse, and that is, That in Him, we have peace. In Him, we have peace. Jesus is the only source of real peace in our life, guys. Are you hearing me? He is the only source of true peace in our lives. Now, you can try to get peace from a bottle. You can try to get peace... From something that you smoke, you can try to get peace and some kind of some kind of momentary release and momentary distraction from life in a relationship or sleeping with somebody that you're not married to or fill in the blank whatever it is people try try and try to to get together something to to settle the storms in their life and to grab some kind of peace. But there is only one way that we have guaranteed peace consistent in our lives, and that is in Jesus. It's in Jesus. And that's what's so precious to me about this gift exchange at the cross. Because he knew this world was going to throw trouble at us. He gave us the ability to walk in perfect peace no matter what we go through in life. It doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt. It doesn't mean that it might not be difficult. It doesn't mean that life's always going to be sunshine and rainbows. You know, we think... We think peace is like that. That's not what peace is. Peace is the ability to be calm and secure in your walk with God, regardless of what you're walking through in life. In John 14, Jesus said this. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Or afraid, And some of us here this morning, you need to hear that. Don't be troubled or afraid. I needed to hear that when I went through all the stuff that we went through (laughs) with with Kelly. It was an incredibly difficult season. An incredibly difficult season. Don't be troubled or afraid. He gives us the gift of peace of mind and heart. How many of you would love to always have peace of mind and peace in your heart? 24-7, 24 365. You know, it's possible in Christ. It's possible. It might not always work out that way, but we have a lot more to do with that than anything else. Peace of mind and heart. I love how he wrote that because most of the trouble that we have when it comes to keeping our peace comes from this thing right here. Am I telling the truth? And we worry and worry and worry and we fret and we fret over stuff that we can't control. And so the huge part of the battle in keeping our peace is right here. But the beginning part of that process is making sure that we've settled the Jesus issue right here. Peace in your heart creates peace in your mind. Because when you settle the issue of Jesus in your heart, then you know that all the stuff that's happening around you is only temporary. All the stuff that's happening around you is in his control and in his hands. And when you settle that, you you know that he is, like the Bible says, always working things out for the good of those who know him and trust him and love him. When you settle that in your heart, it calms this thing down right here. I mean, think about it. How many sleepless nights have you had worrying about how you're going to pay the bills? How many sleepless nights have you had worried about what so-and-so was doing when such-and-such was going on or what was going to happen with the job or what was going to happen with the children or or whatever the situation was? You know, There's there's a level of peace that comes only from the core of that relationship with Jesus. You know, one one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace, love, joy, peace. It's a byproduct of that relationship with God that is birthed from the inside out Out of who you are it starts on the inside in the heart and manifests outwardly into the issues of life I went to uh, to Jamaica last year on a little missions trip and uh, you know when you think Jamaica a lot of people are thinking let's go on vacation mon you know but once you get past where the cruise ships and all that stuff are and you get up into the hill country it's an incredibly impoverished area And uh, I was there on this missions trip and, you know, just ministering to people, and we got up into town around the beach area, and I noticed that the houses there looked absolutely nothing like the houses we have around here, or even the houses that we have on the beach. Like, if you go down to Florida, you know, even there a lot of the houses, and the houses here, you're going to see, you know, some kind of hardy plank siding or wood siding on them. A lot of wood is used in the construction of the homes around here, but... Up around the beach area and really through most of the cities in Jamaica, they don't use wood for their homes. They use concrete. They use concrete. And it blew me away. I was like, there's there's no wood anywhere on any of these homes. Inside walls, concrete. Outside walls, concrete. You know, if you look up in one of the lower-level rooms, you see concrete. You know, you get up top, you're walking on concrete. Concrete everywhere. And they take these cinder blocks most of the time... And they run rebar down in the center hole, you know, on these concrete blocks. And then they fill them up with cement or concrete and harden it up to stabilize the wall and to make it. I was like, why do you guys build your houses like that? I asked uh, the guy that was hosting me that day, and he said, hurricanes. So oh, yeah, y'all have those here. Forgot about that. It's not on my radar because I don't deal with it like they do. Hurricanes, Yeah. And I said, well, we don't build houses like that. He goes, I know, I know. He goes, if we build houses here like you build them, they get destroyed in a storm. I said, well, how often do you guys get hit with a hurricane or a storm that could do that kind of damage? And he goes, not often. And then he said, but you never know when it's going to come. So we build them this way so that when it comes, our houses are ready for it. There's a big lesson in that, guys, because the time to prepare for the storms in our lives isn't when the storms happen, and it's before you get to the storm, before you get to the storm. This is why we've got to settle this issue with Jesus in our heart and to make sure that he is 100% Lord and Savior of all of our lives, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords over every area of our life because it's those areas of our lives that we want to hold on to. That's where the stress is. That's where the worry is. That's where the complications are. But it's the stuff that we completely surrender to him, even in times when it's uncomfortable. That's what gives us the strength to withstand the storms that life wants to throw at us. You prepare for the storm ahead of time. Amen? Amen. Got to do it ahead of time, ahead of time. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, because it's not. But... I would much rather walk through a difficult season of my life with a confidence and peace that comes only from knowing that Jesus is in complete control of every situation. I say this all the time. It's hard to trust somebody that you don't know very well. That's why people have a hard time trusting God when they go through difficult seasons of their life. Are you hearing me? Because they don't prepare ahead of time. And when the proverbial poo-poo hits the fan, they don't know what to do because they don't trust somebody that they don't know what Well, So we try to grab control of things on our own, and that's when we stress ourselves out every single time. I'd much rather operate with peace of mind and of heart. But talking about storms, it it's, it's okay to generalize that because we kind of get like a, a general idea of what storms of life look like and what they're about. Because if you've lived... Any amount of time, you've probably gone through a difficult season in your life. But there are two questions that you gotta ask when you're going through storms. All right, the first one is why, and the second one is what. The first one being why. Why is this storm happening in my life? There's a lot of different causes for storms to happen in your life, okay? And the first one is this our choices and actions. We can create enough problems on our own, can we not? Our choices can create a whole lot of problems in life. And sometimes, like in in church world, like churches, people are really bad about blaming stuff on the devil that we did on our own. Well, the devil's just attacking me. My car broke down. Did it? Yeah. He just came in and blew my whole car up. Or could it be that you hadn't changed your oil in like 16 years and finally your engine just gave up? You know? Well, the enemy's just attacking, attacking my finances. Well, what happened? I lost my job. You did? Yes. We need to pray for favor and for God to just open up some doors. Well, that's cool. Did the enemy really attack you and cause you to lose your job? Or was it because you were late almost every day and you did a sorry job on the job and they finally had to cut you loose? You understand what I'm saying? Well, I just keep getting used and abused by people. Okay, I get that. Sometimes people can use and abuse you. Or is the problem that you're dysfunctional and you surround yourself with people constantly that are always going to use you and abuse you? And you constantly put drama kings and drama queens in your life and then sit back and wonder why you don't have any peace in your life because you're caught in the middle of their little thunderstorm 24-7. So we cause those problems ourselves we got to own that. you got to own it. Sometimes we make big messes of our life. Sometimes we make the bad choices. Sometimes we get into the relationships that God never wanted us to get into. Well, my heart's just broken. I get that, and I'm sorry your heart's broken. Did God tell you to date that person? But I was really lonely. Okay, you made your own bed. Now you're dealing with the harvest of the seed that you sowed. You went your own way. You made your own bed. Now you got to lie in it. Now that sounds, sounds kind of mean. That sounds kind of mean, but that's the truth. We chose to do it. Now we got to deal with the consequences of the choice. Amen? Nobody wants to talk about consequences of action and consequences for choices anymore, but I'm here to tell you that that doesn't go away. The choices that we make produce fruit in our life, either positive stuff or negative stuff, and it can work for you or it can work against you. And a lot of times, the storms that we walk through are storms that we create ourselves And an immature person tries to project that on everybody else. And they try to project that on some obscure thing so they don't have to have accountability for that. Well, it's just the enemy. Or, well, it's just those people. Or it's just this going on. No, you chose to do it. You did the action. Now you're reaping the harvest. But the good news is God is really good at unjacking the stuff that we jack up in our lives. Y'all went to sleep on me. (laughs) Was that just a little too much truth there? I was like, oh, my gosh, he's talking about consequences and actions. And I can't. Mind. But God is really good at coming in and fixing stuff that we mess up. And God can restore and God can heal and God can work out. So don't ever think that you've messed your life up so bad that God can't fix it. Don't ever think that you created a situation that's too deep and too dark that God can't fix the situation. He's a God that turns stuff around all the time. But we create stuff because of our choices and our actions. Now, this is a big one, too, because sometimes this happens. Another big cause of storms in our life is because of someone else. Someone else. Someone else's choices and actions. That's why we got to give consideration to what we say and what we do, because it affects more than just us. Our life sends out ripples, ripples through the water, and it impacts other people around us. This is the drunk driver gets in the car starts it up and thinks that they're sober enough to make it home. And causes a crash that affects you or someone in your family. This is the wonderful people in our government that sit down in these beautiful little meetings that they have and pass these wonderful laws that tell us how, many, how much we have to spend in taxes every year. You realize that? You know how much control we have over that? Not a lot. We can vote them in, we can vote them out, but when they, they get in there and they, and they pass these things, we don't have a lot of control over that, man. So we live, we live dealing with the choices and decisions and actions of other people. And there are times, though, when you go through spiritual attack, too. Spiritual attacks are real things, and those can cause storms in your life. The enemy can key on you, and a lot of times he likes to come in when you're going through a different situation, and he tries to, he tries to make it so much more worse by sowing seeds of doubt in your mind and in your heart. Telling the lies that he tells. You're not good enough. You don't have it. You never should have done this in the first place. God can't do anything with you. He might as well just give up and walk away. He doesn't hear you. He might hear all those other people, but he doesn't hear you when you pray because you're too far gone. You've had these thoughts pop in your head before. That's what the enemy does. Spiritual attack is a real thing, and it can cause storms in your life. And then there are times when we go through storms because of God's correction and God's instruction. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. God's correction and God's instruction its a real thing. And sometimes it's just life. Sometimes you go through storms just because it's life. And we live in a messed up world that's fallen into sin. And sometimes, now listen to me now, sometimes because we live in a world that's fallen into sin. The people that we think shouldn't get sick, get sick. And sometimes bad things happen to good people because we live in a fallen world that's fallen into sin. Jesus told us in this life we were going to have trouble. Then he said, take heart. I've overcome this world. He is a source of peace in everything that we walk through. So there's a lot of different causes for the storms in our lives. So once you settle the why, once you can figure out why this is happening, is this something I did? Is this something that's happening from someone else? Is, is this a spiritual thing? Is this all the stuff that we talked about? What is the cause of this? Now you know how to begin to work and approach the problem. Now you're not a victim getting tossed around. Now you've identified what the, where the situation is coming from, and you can either own it and fix it yourself, are you going to deal with the, the situation appropriately? Once you've done that, then you can move forward. That's the why. The what is the question that only very mature people can ask because there are times where God will use storms in your life to do something specific in you. Are you following me? This is where God will use a storm. Now, he might not send it. He could send it. He might not, but he's always able to use it to do something in us. So we back up and we say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to bring about in my life? What needs to change? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to correct in me? You know, Those are big questions to ask. So correction. God will use storms in your life to bring about correction. A great example of that is Jonah. Literal storms. We're going to look at literal storms used in the Bible, specifically by God, to bring about a course of action in somebody's life. Jonah. Y'all know the story of Jonah, right? God said what? Go to Nineveh, tell those people not to do what they're doing, and let me work in their lives. Jonah said, I don't want to do that. I'm going to blaze my own trail. (laughs) He went the other way. Has God ever told you to do something and you pulled a Jonah and just went and just went the opposite direction? I've done that before, not proud of it. I learned my lesson, because God's got a way of just just taking your life sometimes and shaking it up to get your attention to let you know that you stepped outside of His will and His blessing and His calling for your life. Anytime you step out in disobedience, you open yourself up to a whole lot of stuff you don't want to deal with. And it's not just what God's going to bring into your life. It's the door that you open up for the enemy to begin to influence and and impact your life too. That's bad stuff to be messing with. So God sends this big storm, stops Jonah in his tracks, and Jonah finally goes back and does what God's called him to do. So you got to ask yourself, the stuff that I'm going through right now in this storm in my life, is it God's correction in my life? Well, I don't believe God will do that. God will absolutely do that. He will absolutely do that. Why does he do that? Because he loves us. Hebrews 12, verse 5 through 6. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement? That addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. See the good news is if you're in a season right now where you're trying to blaze your own trail and deep down we always know when we're trying to blaze our own trail and God is just putting roadblock after roadblock and issue after issue and storm after storm. Listen, you better be thankful because there will come a time where God says, okay, you want to be that persistent? You want to keep blazing your own trail? Okay, fine. I'm just going to back up and let you have your own way and I'm going to let you hit the wall yourself. You don't want that to happen in your life. You want God to bring in correction and instruction to keep you on track. Because when he backs up and he lets you do your own thing, that's bad news. That is bad, bad news. So the correction, if you're going through that, listen, God isn't, listen to me now, God isn't doing this out of a motive of anger. He's not correcting you because he hates you. He's not correcting you because he's a mean ogre God up there who wants to control every aspect of your life. The Bible says that he corrects those that he loves. He disciplines those that he loves. He wants his best for your life. And so he loves you enough to make sure that he can do what he can do to stay in check. I love my kids. I love my kids. From time to time, I have to discipline my kids. I discipline Abby, my youngest one. You know why I do that? So that she won't burn our house down. <laughs> that kid is crazy. That kid. I'm telling you right now. If Forget the military. Forget training Navy SEALs. Just get together a group of toddlers. Get together a group of four-year-olds, put them on a boat, and send them to whatever country we want to take over and turn them loose. They will destroy that country in less than 24 hours, and they will beg us to take them back. They'll surrender. They'll do whatever. The the wrath and might of a four-year-old is a terrible, terrible thing. I'm just telling you. So I discipline her so that she doesn't destroy our house. And oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Everyone with kids say amen to that. We have hope. God does the same thing with us. He disciplines us. And sometimes he sends storms to do that. Uh, Another reason or another way that God uses storms in our life is, is directional. He brings in storms to sometimes change the direction of events in our lives to steer us in step with his will. And to us... It looks completely discombobulated. And to us, it looks like he's done lost his mind. God, I was praying for you to do this. And the complete opposite is happening. But what we don't realize is, by the complete opposite happening, God is using that situation to put us in a place that he, wants us to, he wanted us to be at all along. And he's answering our prayer not the way that we want it, but the way that's best for the situation. And sometimes that seems confusing. Paul was supposed to go to Rome. He was a prisoner at the time. They were sending him to Rome. And a storm came up, wrecked the boat, and he was deserted on this island called Malta. Now, from the outside looking in, that seems kind of messed up. But God was doing something in that situation, okay? He put him on Malta because there was the the ruler of that area, son was sick. Paul went in, prayed for the guy, God healed him. And then all the sick people that were on that island were brought to Paul, and he was able to pray for them and see God do something powerful. Turned that whole island upside down and got them on fire for God because his ship got wrecked. Maybe the storm that you're going through right now might seem uncomfortable, but maybe God is using that situation to set up something more powerful on the other side that you can't see right now. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so don't get frustrated. Sometimes we get frustrated and we lose sight of what God can be doing. That's why we always have to go back to the trust issue and settling the fact once and for all, Jesus knows what's best for my life. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. I trust in him. That's where my peace comes from. So even if what I'm seeing right now doesn't make sense, I trust that what he's got planned through this situation is going to equip me and prepare me and open the door for what he really wants to have happen on the other side because we think A, B, C, and D. God doesn't operate that way. God goes A, W. Q, 17, 47, hike, hike, hike. Like he, he, he throws wrenches in all our plans and he's got a way of making it work out every time. How many of you have ever walked through a situation that you thought was just completely messed up, but on the other side of it, you've got a testimony and saying, God used that to put me in a better position than I ever would have been in on my own. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's got a way of doing it. Maybe that's how he got to be God. He's really smart like that. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why does it say that? Because our understanding is not his understanding. And we can't see sometimes what God is doing through the situations. So we've got to trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways, submit to Him. And who will make your path straight? He will. He will. It's our job to trust. It's our job to trust. It's His job to work out the situation. It's our job to operate in peace and put it in His hands. It's His job. It's his job to put us where he wants us when he wants us to be there. It's our job just to trust and move in obedience every time. Now, that makes great preaching. I know that's harder to apply. But if you want peace in the storms, trust because he will make your path straight. Then there's times where God uses storms for teaching. He uses storms for teaching. Is this helping you guys this morning? He'll use storms to teach us. Jesus was with the disciples out in the storm. Y'all remember the story? They're out there trying to go across uh, the sea to the other side, and Jesus lays down. The Bible says he lays down on a pillow in the stern of the boat. You lay down on a pillow when you're ready to go to sleep. He was ready to check out. So he's with the disciples in the boat. The storm blows up. The disciples lose their mind. They wake up Jesus, and they're like, Hey, don't you even care about what's going on here? We're about to die, dude. These waves are coming into the boat. Storms are knocking us around, and you're asleep. What's going on with this? I want to be able to have that kind of sleep right there. You know what I mean? Like you're in a boat. People are freaking out. Storms are raging, and you're out cold. Just once in my life, I want to sleep that good. That would be so awesome. He's out cold, but he was in the boat with them in the storm to teach them. He stood up and he said, Peace be still. And the storm stops. Okay. Now, you ever been swimming in a pool? When everybody gets out of the pool and there's no more splashing going on, what happens with the water? It's still doing this, right? Okay. When Jesus said, Peace be still. That wasn't going on. It was immediately calm. The water was immediately still like glass. That's what that word means. When he says, peace be still, and the Bible says that the wind stopped, that doesn't mean that it eventually subsided. It means it stopped. When God gets ready to bring peace into a situation, he brings peace into a situation. So Jesus was teaching the disciples. Sometimes we'll go through seasons where God is trying to teach us something through a process. And it's not comfortable. We'll get stretched further than we want to get stretched. We'll get put around people that are a little more difficult than we would like to deal with. Amen. Let's just take a moment and pause on that. Hallelujah. God, thank you for the difficult people that sometimes you put in our lives that always stretch (coughs) us. Alabama fans. But still, um, I'm having fun with you this morning. But he'll use these situations to teach us. To teach us. To teach us. Why? Because there will be a time of testing that will come later. He uses storms to test us also. Not just to teach us, but to test us. Um, Later, the disciples were in a boat. By themselves. And they got caught up in a storm. The Bible says that Jesus was up on a mountain praying. And the disciples were out on this boat by themselves. And a storm came. And you know what the Bible says Jesus did? It says he just stopped and watched them getting tossed around. See, the first storm, Jesus was in the boat with them. And the second storm, the disciples were in the storm alone. In this time of testing, because God will give you an opportunity to apply what He's walked with you through to teach you. You understand me? He'll teach and then He'll give a season where you have to apply. You got to apply it. So he was watching the disciples getting tossed around and he waited and waited. And then eventually, he walked out to them. This is where Jesus walks on the water. Okay, He's walking out on the water to them. But they were by themselves in the boat at the time. Those storms in life are not fun. You ever, you ever, felt, like, um, you ever felt like you were going through something and you were praying, but you just felt like God was a million miles away? Like the heavens seemed brass almost? You know, and like, like there are times where you, you go through things and you can just feel the presence of God and you know that God is with you and He's there and He's that ever present help and you just know that He's walking through this with you. But then there are times where you feel like you're walking through this stuff on your own. That's the season of testing, it's testing and it's almost like he's up on the mountainside watching and waiting to see what you're going to do because when we go through seasons of testing this it's really not so much so God can see what we're going to do I guess it's more so that we can find out where we are in our relationship with God. It's not like we've got to reveal something to God or pass some kind of character test because he knows our heart but he'll put us in situations that we got to walk through on our own it seems like so that he can reveal to us in those moments of testing where we still need to grow. Or he can solidify our faith in moments like that. Boy, it's one thing to know. It's one thing to know the Bible verse that says, you know what, That I live by faith, not by sight. I live by faith, not by sight. I got taught that, I know that. I live by faith, not by sight. I live by faith. Not by sight. God is always faithful. He never fails. He never forsakes. And then you get put in a season where you feel isolated and you feel alone. And you have to decide if you're going to live by what you feel or by what you know. And if you live by what you feel, you're going to stress yourself out. You're going to stress yourself out. But if you can decide to live by what you know the Word of God says, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you see, now you're walking by faith and not by sight. Now you don't just know it. Now you've been tested, and now you've passed the test, and it's a real thing in your life. So there's different storms, different storms. Peace is not an absence of conflict or trouble. Peace is a byproduct of your relationship with God. I want to say this again because some of us in here need to hear this this morning. Peace is not an absence of conflict or trouble. Peace is a byproduct of your relationship with God. It's a byproduct of your relationship We got something something that, that flows from the inside out. From the inside out of you, it's a byproduct of that relationship with God. And it has nothing to do with whether or not your life is sunshine and rainbows or if you're in the middle of a hurricane fighting for your life. The peace that God puts inside of you gives you the ability to stand regardless of what you're going through because you had that confidence in him. That's a priceless gift that he gave us in a world where he said, this world is going to be full of trouble. Okay, but I'm giving you my peace. And my peace is not like the peace that the world gives. It's not like the world gives. My peace is beyond your understanding. People are going to look at you and they're going to go, "Wow, well, how do you keep it together when all this is falling apart? I know it's not comfortable. This isn't what I would choose for this season of my life. But I know that my God is faithful. And I know that I can trust that no matter what I face, a couple of things are going to happen. One, he's always going to walk through it with me. Two, that it's temporary. Because sooner or later this world's going to pass away. And I'm going to rule and reign with him forever. So even if the next 80 years of my life stinks, it doesn't matter. Because I know I've got an eternity to rule and reign with him forever. And the other thing is, it doesn't have to make sense to me. Because I know that he is in complete control of every situation so all I have to do is be obedient to him and do what he tells me to do when he tells me to do it and I know that he's working things out on the other side and he's walking through it with me because I don't live by what I feel I live by what I know and I know that I have the gift of peace that only comes from a relationship with Jesus I want to show you a couple of pictures here this first picture is a picture of our Milky Way galaxy I want to give you some perspective this morning. That little section of our one Milky Way galaxy, that little yellow circle right there, that is all the stars that you can see at night. All those stars that 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 seem innumerable, it's uncountable. They're in that little bitty circle. That little bitty part of our big galaxy. Now, our galaxy makes up what's called a galactic neighborhood. And those neighborhoods make up a larger, if you think, neighborhood to a city, to a county, okay, to half a state, to a state, to the United States. That's how our universe expands out. We've got our sol- our planet, our solar system, our galaxy, our galactic neighborhood, superclusters of galaxies that are just You can't count them. There's so many of them. See, okay, that little circle right there is all we can ever see in our galaxy. Now, let me show you this picture right here. This, that little red dot is our local supercluster of multiple uncountable galaxies that are just in proximity to us in relation to the known universe. All those little white dots are billions and billions of planets and billions of galaxies that we're probably never going to see before Jesus comes back. We live on a planet in a galaxy somewhere far deep inside that little red dot right there. Now this is what I want to remind you of this morning. Okay? The God that we serve Spoke all of that into existence. Spoke all of it into existence. Okay? Now, if we serve a God that can speak all of that into existence, don't tell me that He can't speak. To the situations in our lives and bring about a solution don't tell me that he can't stand in front of a wall that we can't pass and say the word and knock it down don't tell me that he can't make a way where there is no way that he can't do the impossible that he can't bring hope that he can't walk with you through the storm because the God that can do that is a God that can do the impossible and that's the Jesus that we serve so he said listen understand who I am And understand what I've done for you. And let me be that peace regardless of what you face in life. Because I'm the God that can do all of that. And I'm the God that gave my life for you. I am the God that can make a way where there's no way. I can do the impossible. Let your peace rest in that. Because no matter what you face, listen, I am the solution. And you walk with me every day of your life. That's why you have the gift of peace that no situation and no storm can steal from you unless you just surrender it freely you understand me we've been given a beautiful 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 gift this morning his peace for our storm and I don't even have to ask because I already know the answer to this because everyone in here is alive And in life, we're going to have trouble. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Let me ask you a question before we pray.